All right, greetings. Welcome in. Better's Last Stand here, coming to you from the Pine Room Studios, downtown Wheeling. It feels like spring out there today. It's been a uh, mild stretch here in Wheeling. Uh, a little bit of rain in the forecast, but otherwise uh, pretty pretty nice for a late December day here. As, uh, we hope everybody had a Merry Christmas and uh, have hope everyone has a safe and happy New Year as we head into uh, the main meat of the bowl game season. We've been... Uh, you know, scratching out a few games here and there. The games are starting to get a little bit better, a little more exciting. And uh, we'll be excited to talk about what we got on the docket for this week. Uh, again, hope you had a safe and uh, Merry Christmas. Uh, and we wish everybody happy holidays going forward. Uh, if you listened to us on the radio 12 to 5 last Friday or watched our Christmas party, the Pine Room Christmas special that pretty much was uh, for five hours of action. We had a really good time on there. Hope everybody enjoyed it. Uh, Again, uh, if you didn't see it or uh, didn't listen to it, I guess you didn't see it, regardless if you tuned in or not. But uh, be checking. I'm sure Jubble put it out in uh, in installments at some point. Again, five hours of content there as he's been doing radio rewinds for quite a while now. So be sure and check those out. Uh, we have really cool, uh, cool follow-ups with all those radio rewinds, and you can find them at the Pine Room Studios on uh, YouTube or Spotify or any of the other places that you get your podcasts each week. And reminder, we have our regular podcast that usually comes out on Thursday. Better last stand, of course, on Fridays. We got various soup and stuffs up there as well. Special features, all kinds of stuff happening. Uh, but again, the Watchdog Christmas party was awesome. We enjoyed our time here uh, with all the Watchdog teammates, and uh, it was it was quite fun. Uh, thanks to Rocky, who got us uh, a couple of really cool uh, games that we're going to use in one of our uh, upcoming shows. Uh, we're also uh, so be on the lookout for those. We got we got the show where we're going to be playing games, uh, which is pretty cool. And then we're also going to be doing the briefing room here after the first of the year, as well as lunch madness on the radio. So um, stay tuned for all that stuff that's coming to uh, to the Pine Room Studios in a very near future here. Uh, yesterday, Boxing Day, we had EPL games all day long. I'm not sure how many people watched those, but I was, unfortunately, I was at work most of the day, so I didn't get to see as much of it as I wanted to, but good action there. We got 71 days until AFL, Aussie Rules Football, is back cranked up, so I'm pretty excited about that. But, uh, you know, until then, we'll have to get ourselves through with good old american football basketball hockey uh, all that kind of stuff uh we have uh college basketball be heating up here in the coming months and uh soccer champions league epl also in full force uh, bowl games today we got several on the docket so uh as we take the show we're getting ready to uh kick off a few games here which is highlighted by i guess would be the mountaineer game uh mountaineers play 5 30 so we'll see what happens there mountaineers are one of my key picks last week as well as Virginia Tech also had Louisville in under in that game uh, and those were our big plays Oklahoma State obviously getting a lot of play as well uh, overall last week we were up about not, actually we were up almost 10 units uh, not quite almost 10 but over nine units we'll call it that up over nine units uh, entering Tuesday night's action this week which we had I believe we went two and one with our picks on Tuesday, uh, taping the show on Wednesday. Bowling Green did not get there. They did not play very well, uh, despite having an early lead. Texas State we did have. And in the nightcap, we had Kansas. Now, depending on what you got the number, you might have got a push out of that. But hopefully you bet it early back when we gave it out several weeks ago on the show. Both Coach uh, and I were on the Jayhawks. And, uh, yeah, so hopefully you got a good number there. Again, up nine 
909 last week. We were up over 16 units over the last four weeks, uh, 1679 to be exact. We were 1710 and one in our college football futures that we talked about a few times. That's up six units. NFL futures have not been very good. Um, seven and 12 overall there. I'm four and one somehow. I don't, don't ask me how. Coach three and four. And Chris, it's almost impossible for someone to have done this. And this is just, it shows you how unlucky this thing can be sometimes. Chris is 0 and 7. So. He could easily be 7-0 with the reverse opinions, which is also impossible. you never be 7-0, but you can be 0-7. It's crazy. Uh, Sam up nearly eight units last week. He was 4-1 with his Christmas Day NBA props. Hopefully you checked it out on social media, BLS underscore PRP, Sam Red Hot. Uh, and if he, uh, if Damian Lillard were to have come through, uh, he needed a couple more assists. He fell just short. We would have had a really, really big day. Um I parlayed all those. I actually round robin them, so I hit four out of five, which turned out to be a pretty nice payout. But if I would have hit all of them together, it would have been a very lucrative payout. Uh, coaching coach was two and two in bowl games last week. He had the pending Texas State and Kansas, which were two winners, so that makes him four and two on the week. Chris had no plays. I was up about one fifty, about one and a half units last week. Uh, one to know my best bets. Uh, and I had those two winners the other night in bowl games. Uh, best bets on the season now: sixteen and nine for me, six and fifteen for Coach, eleven six and one for Chris. Uh, I'm trying to think what my NFL. Oh, Steelers, Steelers, yeah, Steelers NFL best bet, uh, cigar smoker, right there. Uh, I had a feeling that was going to happen in the NFL. Teams who are not the very, very, very worst, which I guess you could say would be about maybe Carolina. And maybe just them this year. Everybody else, all the bad teams are kind of pretty even. So for a bad team like the Steelers to win or to lose four in a row against a bad team like the Bengals, who were two of one four in a row, that that's really really improbable. Improbable, I guess. I don't think improbable is even a word. Improbable. Uh, so. I figured, I like the Steelers in the spot anyway. Last home game of the season, they're getting a lot of criticism in the media. Mason Rudolph's making a start, who I think is probably their best quarterback. Uh, he was the third stringer. Shows you what, how well they evaluated the talent there. He probably should have been starting all season. I'm not saying he's good, but he's better than the other two guys. But you kind of it was like a perfect storm of things. There was like four different angles that I really like for the Steelers. And the Bengals, come on. I, I've been down on the Bengals all year. I think the Bengals stink. I mean, they got a little bit of a spark when Browning was there because they simplified things and they didn't make it all fall on the quarterback because Browning's just a regular guy. They they think Burrow's good, but he's really not. Uh, and then you got Jamar Chase out of the game. So I think that really hurt Cincinnati a lot. Um, Cincinnati's just okay. Steelers weren't going to lose again. So uh, perfect storm there. Best bet gets home. So we'll take it when we can. Uh, jumping into the bowl games for next week, we have uh, – Tomorrow's docket, which would be the day after we taped this, so these were games that we gave out last week. We had uh, Arizona, uh, I believe, is a, is a pretty strong play for me. Thursday, the Miami game under, SMU game over, and the K-State game, NC State game under. So we'll see how those ones do. But uh, concentrating on this week's bowl games, we go right to the action on Friday, getting you ready for some games that are getting down to the wire here as far as the, the, the big the big bowl games. We got the Tax Slayer Gator Bowl coming up on Friday. That'll be Clemson and Kentucky. Now, this game opened. It opened Clemson minus 8 and total 47 and a half. Right now, we're seeing it at, let's see, uh, Clemson 5 and 46 and a half. So, Slight drop in the total. 
three-point drop in the spread there. Now, I think Clemson actually has some guys out of action here. So when I was going through this, Clemson's without a, one of their top wide receivers, a starting safety, starting linebacker, starting corner, and starting defensive lineman. Uh, Kentucky just has their top edge rusher out. So Kentucky looks like they're actually caring about this game, which is kind of surprising to me. So Coach and I both liked Clemson early on here. I thought uh, that with the the opt-outs maybe would favor Kentucky. I thought maybe that they would have more opt-outs than Clemson. It turned out that they have not. So uh, I I had recommended Clemson minus the eight. Now they're down to minus five. I really don't know about this. I was leaning towards the under in the game, but I don't have a strong play. Coach still on Clemson there. Uh, I'll be leaning towards the under. But I don't love it there. It concerns me a little bit. I just don't know what, what teams are going to show up. It looks like Kentucky's going to take this pretty seriously. So uh, no strong play in that one. Keeping it going on Friday as well. It'll be Notre Dame and Oregon State in action. That'll be in the Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl, Sun Bowl from El Paso. That's a seven or a 2 o'clock game on CBS. Coach all over Notre Dame in this game. Uh, I like the under in this contest. This game opened Notre Dame minus 10.5, the total 46.5. Right now we have Notre Dame down to 6, total 41.5. So you got Oregon State with some some issues here. Oregon State's obviously DJ Uliungalale is out of the game. Uh, he's their starting quarterback who's now transferring. But they are without their starting tight end, starting linebacker, starting safety, their starting kicker, if that's even possible, uh, a wide receiver, right tackle, and their running back as well as their head coach. Notre Dame is without Sam Hartman, their starting quarterback, their starting running back, starting linebacker, two of their offensive linemen, and a starting cornerback. So... What that all means to me is very clear. This is a flat-out underplay. Uh, hopefully you can get it in before the thing continues to drop down. I gave it out at 46.5, and it's down to 41.5. So uh, if you went, if you were listening to us on the Watchdog, we gave these early plays out. I was on that 46.5, the under. Hopefully you got it in there at least before it fell down too far below 45. It's down to 41.5 now. I'd still probably take that. Um, it gets a little bit worrisome, though, in a bowl game because you just don't know what, what people are going to be focused on. Coach on Notre Dame here. I uh, don't love that angle. I think Notre Dame's vulnerable. Uh, but Oregon State, without their coach, uh, the Coach Smith, Jonathan Smith, I think that I just don't know what they're going to have in store or, or what kind of uh, assistants are going to be that will be able to lead the team. But, you know, to me, this, this game means more to Oregon State than it does Notre Dame. Oregon State, a team basically without a conference, uh, I mean, they're, they're, they have a scheduling alliance now in football with the, I believe it's the Mountain West, but they, they don't have a conference. They don't really have a conference. So they're going to be looking to prove that they belong, and uh, a win over Notre Dame would be very beneficial to them. So I lean Oregon State a little bit in the game, and I like the under. Keeping it rolling here on a Friday afternoon, it'll be the AutoZone Liberty Bowl from Simmons Bank Stadium in Memphis, Tennessee. It'll be the Memphis Tigers, a home game for them against the Iowa State Cyclones. Iowa State opened six total 57 and a half this game now nine and a half Iowa State total staying at 57 and a half as far as opt-outs go uh, Memphis uh, two of their starting offensive linemen the right guard or left tackle will not play in this game Iowa State's top two running backs are out of action uh, this is a tricky game here uh, Memphis to me has always been a team that kind of lacks motivation in games that aren't on the big stage so while I would like to lean Iowa State here uh, and Matt Campbell kind of a pretty decent season he got some decent covers and some big wins uh although the texas game did not go as well as i had hoped for um i i'm a little bit more stock up on iowa state than i had been but i don't love this this is this now has moved three points so maybe there's some steam coming in on iowa state it seems like they are the pretty heavily bet side here uh total 57 and a half 
I think maybe the over in this game could be decent. I, I think it's telling when the total doesn't move a whole lot. People don't know what to make of it. So, um, and, and when the total sticks, the number sticks quite a bit. Uh, I tend to play those games over because I feel like if people thought it wasn't an under game, it'd have a, have a shot of uh, exploding maybe in the second half. Again, Iowa State, not a, not a lucrative offense, not a really high-powered, potent offense. Uh, but, hey, I, I think I think Iowa State is uh, is probably the side here, but I don't know if I love anything more than nine, so I'd be very careful. If I get to the 10, there'd be a no play for me on that one. Slight lean to the over for me in that contest. The nightcap on Friday be the Goodyear Cotton Bowl, AT&T Stadium, Arlington, Texas, Missouri, and Ohio State. Ohio State minus 6.5, total 51.5. This has been a weird one here. Ohio State now down to 1, the total 49. Uh, Missouri, this is the biggest game in the program's history right now as they uh, look to knock off a powerful team here. They had a great year in the SEC, which is kind of surprising to them. They have no opt-outs in this game. Ohio State, without their quarterback, uh, he's transferring. They're without their top three wide receivers, it looks like. Now, some people are saying that some of these guys may play in this game. So keep an eye out for that. Uh, obviously, if Marvin Harrison and these guys play, it makes Ohio State quite lively, and you're getting a much better number now. You're only having to lay one with them, but their tight end supposedly is not playing. Their starting corner supposedly not playing. So keep an eye out for that. I think Missouri is the motivated side here. I would play Missouri, but if those guys all play for Ohio State, the wide receivers, and uh, a couple of the other guys, the corner and a tight end, you know, then then it's like, well, you're getting Ohio State at a pretty good value there. You would have been able to get Missouri plus a seven, plus six and a half, which is what I bet them at way, 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 way back uh, when it came out. But if now, you know, maybe a little bit of, bit of value on Ohio State. I'll be hopeful Missouri can pull it out, but we shall see. Moving on Saturday's games, it'll be the Chick-fil-A Bowl, Mercedes-Benz Stadium in Atlanta, Penn State and Ole Miss. This thing open, Penn State minus three, total 48 and a half. We now see Penn State minus four, the total staying at 48 and a half. So no move on the total here. Uh, Penn State is a team to me who they're going to be trying to cover in this game. I think they'll take some chances on offense a little bit more than they usually would. Uh, I think over 48.5 here is a pretty good play. I think you'll see some interesting things. James Franklin, for all his problems, he's been very, very bad in big games all season long, every single season. But in the bowl games, he has played very well when he's had weeks to prepare for teams. They've looked better on offense last year. I remember... Uh, I believe last year against Utah Rose Bowl, uh, Penn State actually looked like a good offense for once. Uh, I, I think I think they'll put some points up here. And we know Ole Miss can score, and we know Ole Miss is not going to stop anybody. So I think over is a really good play here. I also lean Penn State. I think uh, in this case, with time to prepare, I would give the coaching advantage to James Franklin. You don't say that a whole lot. But uh, I think he'll be very motivated to win this game against an SEC team. So I'll be going Penn State. And we're going to lean to the over there. Uh, actually, more than a lean, I'm definitely probably going to play that. That seems like a, a strong play at the 40, 48, 48 and a half range. Um, Opt-outs-wise here, let's go, uh, let's see, do I, what did I have in that game? I don't have it. For whatever reason, I didn't write those ones down. So, anyway, do your homework on those. Check it out. Be sure you don't get caught with a big guy being out of the game. Moving along, it's the trans-perfect Music City Bowl. Nissan Stadium, Nashville, with the Titans play. Auburn minus seven. Total 46 and a half. This originally was Auburn minus two, 48 and a half. But uh, Tua's brother, 
Tagavaloa, whatever his first name is, Talia, Tala, Tagavaloa. Anyway, the Maryland quarterback, he is not playing in this game. So major line move there when he decided he was opting out. Also, their starting tight end, linebacker, and cornerback out for the Terps. Uh, Auburn doesn't have anybody out of action here. So interesting move there. Kind of was leaning to Terps in this game, but maybe Auburn is the side here. I don't like what I've seen out of Mike Loxley's team. Um, they're just very inconsistent. And I'm not sure that they'll have a whole lot of motivation for this game. Auburn, a team that, uh, you know, they had up and down season, some bad losses, uh, played Alabama to the wire. If they're motivated, they'll be capable of hanging in this game. And I think that you're getting a little bit of a value play here as Auburn's now down to two. So you had a five-point move. They have no opt-outs, as I mentioned. So uh, I think Auburn's a side there, and I lean towards the under in that one keeping it going this is a game that a lot of people were interested in for many many reasons and not just because that's two power programs or used to be power programs one power program one used to be georgia and florida state doing battle capital one orange bowl hard rock stadium miami gardens florida uh really weird that this game's at like four o'clock on saturday which is just weird to me uh orange bowl should always be at night but anyway Georgia opened 14, total 45 and a half. It's now 14 and a half, 44 and a half. Stayed right around there. You just don't know the motivation. I feel like Kirby Smart does a good job getting his team ready for these types of games, even if they're not, you know, the biggest stage. Uh, I think one of their linebackers opted out. Everybody else will be playing here. I think they'll take this pretty serious to show that they should have been in that playoff. Florida State offensive tackle out, quarterback out. I believe the backup is out as well, the guy who was supposed to start in the – uh, ACC championship he or the guy was hurt he could not play so you got they're they're down to the third string guy again they originally said the second string guy was starting this game it looks like third string guy will be running back is out two starting wide receivers out starting tight end out defensive lineman out um yeah keep your eyes out Florida State's got a lot of defectors here they're 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 taking their ball and going home after not making the playoff but it's pretty simple they were not one of the four best teams the team that they're playing in this game should have been in ahead of them anyway uh, it doesn't matter about having one loss or whatever. That that part doesn't make a difference because it. the only way that matters is if you all played the same schedule and that did not happen. So, um, in my opinion, if you're trying to take the four best teams in there, Georgia was well, well, well ahead of Florida State in any type of uh, metric or rating system. It doesn't even really make a difference. And you can say all you want about on the field stuff, but unless you play the same schedule, it doesn't apply. Georgia had to play Alabama. Florida State never played anyone even close to that. And they played LSU. They beat LSU. Alabama massacred LSU. So to me, it's not even close. Florida State didn't belong in a playoff. So sorry for them. Uh, you know what? Play a better schedule and then maybe you would have got in. And it doesn't help that your quarterback was hurt. So. That broke any ties that you may have had. I'm on Georgia here. I think Georgia crushes them. Uh, total's a little bit interesting to me. I'm not, I don't know if Florida State's going to have any motivation in this game, but if they have a little bit, uh, then this game probably will go over because Georgia's defense, not quite what it once was. Their offense uh, will be looking to go out with one last ass-kicking before some of these guys move on to the NFL. Keeping it going. It'll be also a Saturday afternoon game, CW for this one. Toledo and Wyoming. This is the Barstool Sports Arizona Bowl. Open Toledo minus one and a half. The total 45 and a half. And currently we have Toledo now plus three and a half in the game as Wyoming turns to be the favorite here, which is kind of interesting. So Toledo uh, quarterback opts out. That's probably why their offensive lineman, one of their starting guards is out. Uh, Wyoming's coach is retiring after this game. This is big for Wyoming. This is uh, a guy who's uh, put their program on the map, kind of made him pretty competitive. So I think 
Wyoming's going to be motivated in this game. I leaned Wyoming from the very beginning, and uh, I'll be on Wyoming here uh, as well. I bet them back when they were getting points. Now they're laying points. I'm still fine laying the points here with them. I think they'll be incredibly motivated. Toledo, to me, eh, maybe a little bit of interest. A uh, decent bowl game for them to travel to from Toledo this time of year, tra- traveling out to Arizona. It's not the worst place to go, so maybe they'll be a little bit excited. But I like Toledo in the game. Uh, or I'm sorry, I like Wyoming in the game quite a bit in the Barstool Arizona Bowl, which is actually a pretty good bowl to watch because you get interesting commentary from the Barstool guys, which is much more entertaining than most of the time. Uh, what you hear on a regular broadcast, that's for sure. And if you didn't watch the Nickelodeon CBS game, Chiefs and Raiders on Christmas Day, you really missed out there. That is far and away better than anything the CBS puts on their regular network. Uh, Noah Eagle, Nate Burleson, I actually liked it better when they let the kids do the full play-by-play, but those guys did very good, and they had Raphael from the Ninja Turtles and Donatello on there too. So uh, it was much, 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 much better than listening to Jim Nance and Tony Romo and any of those guys on CBS regular network. So I urge you, the Super Bowl is going to be on uh, from Bikini Bottom, SpongeBob. So get ready for that. It's going to be awesome. Uh, So whoever makes it there is going to be a better broadcast on Nickelodeon than anything you're going to see on the regular TV. So... That made my Christmas. I enjoyed that game quite a bit just because of that, although the game itself was quite horrible. Uh, But the Raiders get it done. And we'll talk plenty more NFL coming up here after the first break. All right, so here's what everybody's been waiting for. January 1st, the bowl games. They're finally here this weekend, Monday. Carrying around, wraparound weekend, however you want to call, however you want to look at it. So we got no bowl game Sunday with a full slate of NFL. Monday, though, we have uh, five games, starting with Wisconsin. In LSU, interesting game here. It'll be the Rel- Quest Stadium. Oh no, I don't. I don't know what that means. Uh, Quest Bowl. I don't know why it said Quest Stadium on this thing. Uh, anyway, guess who makes these anyway? <laughs> uh, Quest at Raymond James Stadium. Quest Bowl at Raymond James Stadium in Tampa. I don't know if this used to be the Outback Bowl, maybe. Uh, I believe that's what it is. So anyway, we'll call it the Outback Bowl. Uh, it was LSU ten and a half total fifty five in this game. It's now down to nine and a half total fifty five. I think LSU crushes Wisconsin here. I think Wisconsin is one of the worst teams in in football. Uh, they they got a lot of hype this year. I was not buying into it. And LSU has a proven backup quarterback, Jaden Daniels, Heisman Trophy winner, uh, which I didn't agree with. But anyway, he was a great stat compiler. He will not play in this game, but that doesn't matter. Because the guy they have backing him up has played a lot of games, and he's good. And uh, I think LSU rolls Wisconsin in this game. Kind of like an under a little bit. I think even though as bad as LSU's defense is, Wisconsin's offense is one of the all-time worst that their top wide receivers out of the game, which I don't even know if that even matters because they're so bad. Actually, they're top two wide receivers. Uh, starting offensive lineman, linebacker, running back, center, corner, all out. Just LSU has the quarterback out. I think LSU has a huge advantage here. And if this thing's down, the way it's – I can't believe this thing fell. Uh, this this is a really, really good spot for uh, for LSU here. I am very high on LSU in this game. I think they crush, absolutely crush Wisconsin uh, at the 12 p.m. kickoff there in the Outback Bowl. Iowa and Tennessee in the Cheez-It Citrus Bowl. This will be at Camping World Stadium in Orlando, Iowa. Tennessee, as I said, Tennessee minus 7.5, total 36.5. Now it's up to Tennessee 8 and 36. So uh, the – Total stayed kind of right where it needs to be, I guess. I kind of like the over just a slight, slightly here. I kind of originally liked the under here, but I feel like a bowl game. I'm not sure what I was going to, you know, 
have for this. I'm not sure if they're going to be super focused. They may have had time to prepare a little bit more on offense and uh, maybe come together with something that's a little bit more innovative. Their top wide receivers out of out though that could be trouble. I think he only caught 14 passes, so boy, that that's going to be tough to overcome. Uh, you know, him being gone for that offense. But uh, Tennessee, on the other hand, they are without their starting running back one of their starting defensive ends, and two starting defensive backs. So to me, that says there's a chance for points to be had here. So I am going to lean to the over in this game. Uh, I know that's not a really good spot to be on, but uh, I'm going to lean that way. And then maybe, just maybe, play Iowa catching the points. Uh, they may be able to keep it close. Uh, if Iowa can score you know, 20 in this game, I think they'll have a really good chance of winning, and I think the game will go over. So we'll see. I can see this game being like uh, – 24 to 20 Iowa or something like that. I know that seems high for an Iowa game, but I think I think there'll be a little bit more scoring in this game than you think with the time to prepare. Liberty and Oregon in the Verbo Fiesta Bowl, State Farm Stadium in Glendale, in Arizona. It'll be Oregon minus 17 to total 67 and a half. Uh, everybody on Oregon here, but I think the over is a good play. Coach gave this out way back. Uh, he likes the over in the game quite a bit. Uh, Oregon. I mean, if they if they're motivated for the game, they'll probably win the game, you know, rather handily. But you know, Liberty's going to have some pride here, so I think this could be interesting. But I think over is the way to go. I think Liberty will be able to get some backdoor scores here, maybe even have a shot on a backdoor cover. So I tread lightly there, and I definitely maybe an in-game bet there in that game. Watch it, see how the teams are playing, see who's focused, see who cares uh, early on, and then make an assessment on that. And then the final two games are big boys here, the playoff games, Alabama. In Michigan, in the college football playoff semifinal, the first semifinal, 5 o'clock kick ESPN. This is at the Rose Bowl in Pasadena, California. It'll be Michigan, minus 1.5, which is right where it is right now. That's where it opened. Total 45, uh, which is uh, a point and a half drop. So you had a point and a half drop there. I'm on Alabama here. I think Alabama's a better team. Michigan, to me. Uh, just okay. Not not a bad team by any means, but just not they lack that uh, offensive explosiveness that I think is going to be necessary to win this game. Nick Saban with several weeks to prepare. Uh, I think Jalen Milrow has turned around to being a complete Heisman contender. He has really transformed his season and is playing outstanding football. Uh, I, I think they have an advantage in just about every spot on the field. Um, and I just I think Alabama's going to be able to score some points here. Uh, I kind of lean to the over here. Think think this game could be uh, something like a uh, you know thirty one to twenty type game, Alabama. Um, so I'll be on Bama and I'll be on the over in the first game from Glendale. Although last year, if you remember, uh, or no, I'm sorry, I'm wrong. I, I was looking at that game above the Liberty Oregon game. If you remember that game last year, when they had to put the college hash marks in, uh, that was one of the playoff games at the Fiesta Bowl, and guys were slipping and falling all over the field. Uh, it ended up the game went over as TCU and Michigan. It was a really high-scoring game. So maybe that's something to keep in mind there. It also backs up the play for the Oregon-Liberty game over. Anyway, back to the Pasadena game, Rose Bowl, which the turf will be immaculate and perfect, so you don't have to worry about that. But I think there will be some points here. I think this will be uh, uh, kind of, I don't want to say a shootout, but I think both teams will be able to score a little bit. Alabama uh, defense is good but not great. And I think Michigan even with some – trickeration and some plays that maybe they can uh you know score early in the game get a couple touchdowns early uh and then i expect alabama to pull away eventually so uh i still lean to the over in that game and then the second semifinal game 845 kick on espn will be texas and washington texas open minus four 
The total was originally 64. Texas still holds at minus four. The total 63 and a half. And in my opinion, Washington's better than Texas. Uh, I've been on Washington for a long time now. Um, thought it was going to be a crime if they didn't make it into the playoff because I thought, I mean, they've played the most the most battle-tested amount of games this season Washington has played. I know they haven't looked impressive enough to people, but it doesn't matter. They're winning the games. They easily handled Oregon in the championship game, which uh, to me was not a surprise whatsoever. Uh, just more battle-tested, better coached. I think with with time to prepare, I I just think Washington is uh, is the team to beat, and I'll probably lean to the over here. I think there'll be points. I think Washington will move the ball easily on Texas. Texas maybe has the better de- defensive line, but to me, Washington's the better coach team. Texas will score some points, obviously. Sarkeesian's a good play caller. I'm not going to say anything bad about him there. Uh, but to me, Texas is a little dressed up. They're a little bit fraudulent. They lost to Oklahoma in a game that they should have won. They should have lost to Kansas State and a couple other teams throughout the season. So. Um, I'm not overly impressed with them as a whole. I think they have some really good players, and I think they're on the way back, but I just don't think they're quite there yet. So I'll be sticking with my two original picks, Washington and Alabama. So I'll be leaning to the over in both games, which is strange. Not not somewhere that I would normally want to be because I imagine there will be a lot of public money on these overs. So I'm not real wild about that one, uh, but I do really like the sides. I think Alabama and Washington are the two sides there. I think they're the better two teams. Now, Georgia, if they were in these games, I mean, I, then it changes everything. But uh, I think Alabama and Washington both got pretty good draws here and uh, will set up for a championship game in about a week. And I'll be looking forward to that. Hopefully it turns out that way because I have uh, pretty good-sized future tickets on both of them. So I'll be keeping my fingers crossed there. But I think Washington is the better team here in this second game. I just do. I just have all season. I just, If you watch the games, to me, Washington has stuff that the other teams don't have, um, excluding Alabama and Georgia because they have that. They just have a a focus level about them that the other teams don't have in in, in close games. So say whatever you want to say, but uh, I think the teams that win the close games are the teams that are going to be good in the biggest games. So we'll go with Washington. We'll go with Alabama there, and we hope to see them in the national championship a week from Monday. Uh, All right, we're going to take a break here on Better's Last Stand. In our first segment, we're going to come back. We're going to talk a little – Hockey, touch on a few things, basketball-related, and then the NFL. It's Week 17 already. It's hard to imagine. It's Better's Last Stand for the Pine Room Studios. We'll be right back. Better's Last Stand is for entertainment purposes only, but who better to listen to than the guys here at the Pine Room? For more picks you might have missed, follow Better's Last Stand and all of Matt's picks on X, formerly Twitter, at BLS underscore PRP. Because just like General Custer, we're in Better's Last Stand. All right, welcome back in Better's Last Stand, show number 67, coming to you from the Pine Room Studios in downtown Wheeling here. Matt, flying solo, I got some of my stuffed animal buddies here, though. Bringing in the Christmas spirit, uh, Coach and Chris. Not really sure what they're doing today, but they're not able to attend, but that's all right. We'll keep pressing on. Hopefully those guys will be back joining us here in the near future. Wrapped up the bowl talk there as we head down the stretch here. Virginia Tech and Tulane just kicked off in the first bowl game of the day. All right, a couple things industry-wide here. This were, <laughs> were interesting. Uh, DK Sports Better, that's DraftKings, turned $5 into $489,383 on Sunday when his 14-leg anytime touchdown parlay hit. Uh, so never give up out there. $5 to win 489000 14 dudes he had 
all scored touchdowns on Sunday or Saturday, Sunday, and probably a few Monday. Uh, yeah, because actually Christian McCaffrey, I think, was his last one that he needed there. So incredible job there. Uh, Caesars better, about 220,000 on the Jets, minus three. They led 27 to seven at one point, won the game 30 to 28. So that that one stings a little bit. A couple bad beats, Redskins money line. I mean, I, I wouldn't say that, that that's the same game that I was just talking about there where the Caesars better had minus three on the Jets, 220K. Um, Redskins come all the way back, and I was on the Redskins in this game. Uh, money line, I needed them for several different things, and they came all the way back, took the 28-27 lead, and then lost 30-28. to So I'd have rather they just got blowed out because they were getting blowed out from the start. But they came back, made it interesting. They did cover for most people, so I'm sure people were happy about that. But if you had skins, money line, that's a that one stings a little bit. Uh, but you really had no business. So I, I hesitate to even call that a bad beat. It was just one of those things that that people sometimes will refer to those as bad beats. They're really technically not, but it sucks if you had it anyway. Chiefs money line, same situation. Uh, you know, it, it's not a bad beat, but the Chiefs, uh, their defense did pretty much anything they could do. And the offense was so, so bad. Uh, Aiden O'Connell didn't complete a pass for three entire quarters. Like, is that even possible? They fin- he finished with 62 yards. It was all in the first quarter. They didn't complete a pass after the first quarter. Won the game 20-14 to 14 after the back-to-back defensive score. So that one sucks each way, any which way you look at it. Monday Night Football, dogs now 8-1 and one straight up. 9-0 ATS since week 10 as they keep rolling along. Uh, you had the only straight-up winner on Christmas that didn't come through was the Giants. So you had... Uh, you had the Raiders winning on the money line early and the Ravens winning late. And the Giants, you know, maybe Tyrod starts. Maybe they do win the game. But uh, a lot of problems for the Eagles that we'll talk about as we go along. Uh, best ATS teams in the NFL right now, Baltimore, Tampa, Detroit, Miami, all 10-5, and five, Cleveland 9-5-1, and one, along with the Rams 9-5-1, Seattle 8-5-2 and two against the spread. Four Circus Survivor guys are left. There's only four. Uh, which is crazy. You got about nine and a half million on the line there as you're down to four guys in the survivor pool there at Circus Sports. So best of luck to them. Prior to Monday's loss to the Raiders, Andy Reid coached teams had gone over their season win total nine of the last ten seasons. Oh, and we have a turnover here. Tulane looks like a defensive touchdown. I'm on Virginia Tech in this game, so that's not good. I don't know what happened there, but Virginia Tech guys are yelling at each other, so. Looks like something that happened in a Chief game. Tulane going crazy here. Oh, boy. Nice job, Virginia Tech. Great start. Uh, teams with the public money coming in. Or actually, teams that took public money last week. Interesting. Green Bay lost. Buffalo lost. Indy lost. Cincinnati lost. Uh, so that's, you know, those are games that, uh, well, Buffalo won the game. They just didn't cover. So. But yeah, you, you just that those are teams ATS. Uh, the winners were Detroit Rams and Cleveland, who took the most money. So those ones are pretty good. Carolina Panthers have not led in the fourth quarter this season, not for one second. Uh, both their wins were walk-off wins as time expired. Oh, this quarterback—he's got nobody to yell at but himself. He just dropped the ball. Oh my goodness! This is what I get for back in Virginia Tech. My God, I hate them so bad. But I thought they'd win here, so. All right, let's get it going here. It's the NFL. We'll get ready. Week 17, start it right off. We got a Saturday game. We get the Browns-Jets on Thursday. This game worries me a little for the Browns. They should win the game, but things are going pretty well for them right now. They're due to stub their toe, but the Jets are so, 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 so bad, um, and they're coming off a win, so I don't see that happening again. Lions-Cowboys, Saturday kick, 8-15 ABC. I really like Dallas here. 
They're laying six right now, 53 and a half. If you can get six or under, I'd definitely take a shot with Dallas. Detroit clinched their division. They don't really have anything else to play for at this point. Actually, the number two seed is in play, but I don't think it's going to matter here. I think Dallas comes pissed off after their recent uh, bad fortunes against uh, teams that, you know, Dallas just isn't able to win on the road, but they're back home in Jerry World. I think they roll the Lions here. Uh, big, 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 strong play on Dallas here. That might be my best bet of the week. I'm not certain yet on that one. Baltimore and Miami clash for what will probably be who determines the winner of the, or actually not the winner, but the top seed in the AFC. It'll be the Ravens minus three, total 47 in this contest. Ravens off a big win, went out west, uh, kicked the hell out of the 49ers. Uh, you know, sometimes the good teams play each other, and then one team's going to play a little better, and that was definitely uh, the Ravens. They came to prove something. They did. Doesn't mean that the 49ers are bad by any means. They're they're still really good, and, um, you know, they're going to be a contender to win it all, no doubt about it. But the Ravens are good, and they're not getting a lot of respect right now. A lot of people are just saying, well, the 49ers turned it over too, too many times. Well, you got to remember, at least two of those interceptions were caused directly by the defense. Just tip balls in the backfield. Ravens defensive line, to me, won that game without question. It's the one criticism you could have about the 49ers is, is their they struggle to protect sometimes. And the Ravens, I knew, were going to control the defensive line of scrimmage. That part I was pretty confident in going into the game. And I thought that the Ravens did a pretty good job on the other side of limiting the defensive pressure of the 49ers. So I thought the, the game was won uh, on the line. Uh, yeah, it was probably closer than the score indicated or whatever. But, you know, they got four turnovers. Ravens managed the, the ball pretty well. They're not – the Ravens are not a – uh, always make you pay kind of offense. They'll uh, they they dick around a lot and they they leave points out there and that's the problem with having Lamar Jackson as a quarterback. I'm by no means saying that he's uh, very good at all. And uh, as far as the MVP discussion goes, to me, I think the 49ers. You know they got three candidates there. In in my opinion, um, you know Brock Purdy. You know does that four interception game eliminate him from the discussion? Probably not. But I would say. I didn't really think he was their most valuable player anyway. If you actually break down the words most valuable player, um, I think it's hard to imagine that McCaffrey. And if you dig deeper, though, Debo Samuel proves to be the most valuable player on the team. The games he did not play this year, they're 0-3. So um, that that's a that's an issue. McCaffrey played in those games, but they lost. Uh, and I know they had some other guys banged up. Trent Williams was out at least one or two of those games, too. Again, their line is still a question mark, tad bit. They don't have him. That really is a concerning. But I'm not certain that Debo Samuel is not the MVP of that team. So however you want to look at it, uh, I don't think it totally disqualifies Purdy from the MVP talk. But we'll see. Those guys that vote on it don't really know a whole lot anyway, I don't think. So I'm sure they'll make the wrong selection. Baltimore, to me, I, they're laying three here. I don't I don't love it. This is not a great spot for them. Um, the Dolphins coming off of a, a big win, so it's not a great spot for them either. So the toughness factor definitely favors Baltimore. It's going to be home. Uh, if there's any weather, it's going to favor Baltimore. Kind of like the under a little bit. I think Baltimore will cause two of some problems here. Uh, and if he doesn't have Waddle and Hill at 100%, I think this game will be a little bit lower scoring than would be expected. So I lean Baltimore a touch, but I don't love the spot, and I think the under is the play. Falcons-Bears, 1 o'clock kick. It'll be a Bears minus 3. Total 38. I just, it's just week after week the Bears are favored in games. They almost blew it last week to Arizona. Um, I don't know. I think the Falcons are a little better with Heineke. Uh, he's just not nearly as bad as Ritter. So I'd lean towards the Falcons, but I don't have a play. I think both those teams are just absolutely horrendous. And I actually need the Bears the win, though, for a Falcons under win total bet that I had on one of our futures in Falcons to miss the playoffs. So that would be helpful. But if they lose there, I don't think they can win the division, and they will be out of the playoffs. Tennessee and Houston. 
It'll be Houston minus three and a half, total 42 and a half. I believe Stroud's going to try to play here, so that would make me tend to lean towards uh, Houston. Tennessee just kills me every week. Uh, they kill every time I'm on them, they lose. Every time I'm against them, they win. So I'm on Tennessee or on Houston this week, so Tennessee will probably win this game or at least cover uh, the three and a half. I like the game under a little 42 and a half division battle. I think it'll be uh, closely played. Houston needs the game very badly for playoff hopes and division hopes. So um, you never know what could happen there. So low scoring game, in my opinion. Indy and Vegas, one o'clock kick as well. This will be the Colts hosting the Raiders. Colts minus three, total 44 and a half. Uh, Colts uh, returned to form last week after their big win over the Steelers, but I expect them to bounce back up this week after the Raiders, who come off a huge win on Christmas against the Chiefs. So I like Indy in the game, and I lean towards the under as the Raiders' defense has been outstanding lately, and uh, I think their offense is atrocious. So I will be going to the under and the Colts in that contest. San Francisco on the road at Washington. It will be the Redskins catching 13.5, the total 48.5. I never want to lay 13 and a half in a game. The 49ers are probably me kind of ticked off and probably come out and try to throw it around. But I'll be very careful here because Jacoby Brissett is now playing for Washington, and he's proven that he can uh, he can you know move the ball and he's a very cerebral quarterback and he's just not going to get beat around like Sam Howe and hold the ball so long. So I like the Redskins a little bit catching that two touchdowns, nearly two touchdowns. If it gets to 14, be an automatic play on the Redskins. I think there will be some points in this game too, so I'll be over 48.5. Carolina and Jacksonville also. One o'clock kick, it'll be Carolina catching 6.5. That's Jags, minus 6.5, total 37.5 here. Jags have been just so putrid. I look for them to bounce back here, but I don't want to lay any more than 6. Um, so I'll be keeping an eye on that number. If it goes down to 6 or 5.5, I'll be on Jacksonville, stays at 6.5. It'll be a no play for me. Tend to lean towards the under in the game. I'm not sure Carolina will score, but Jacksonville's defense has not been very good. That game's just really tricky for me. The Jags really need it. So I think they figure out a way to win the game. I'm just not sure they can cover the spread. Arizona and the Eagles also 1 o'clock kick. It'll be Philly minus 9.5 at home, total 47.5. Philly looking a little better on offense last week. Not very good on defense again. Tyrod Taylor moved the ball pretty well against them. I think Kyler Murray will move the ball a little bit on them. I like the over in the game. And if I can get 10 or more with Arizona, I would not hesitate to pull the trigger with that. So I'll be monitoring that number. If it goes to 10, I'll be on Arizona. I'll be on the over 47 and a half. Uh, another 1 o'clock game. Way too many 1 o'clock games this week. There's like 10. New England and Buffalo. Buffalo minus 12, total 41. New England off the big Christmas night winner, which you heard right here. I gave that one out. It was one of my good wins of the week. New England with a nice money line victory over the Broncos, who are total frauds. I knew New England was due for a good game, and I knew they had the better coach, even though Belichick has not performed like it this year. It'll be the Bills minus 12, as I said. Total 41, like the under here. I think this will be a low-scoring game. Bills really need it to win. They don't care about covering the spread. They're not James Franklin. They're not going to try to worry about that. Uh, Their running game has gotten going a little bit, which also lends to a clock-running offense, which they didn't used to have. So if James Cook runs the ball, I think New England will run the ball. I think this game will be very low-scoring. And a very close game, actually, as New England can beat the Bills, as we've seen before. Rams and Giants, also 1 o'clock kick. It'll be the Rams, 6.5-point favorite on the road, 42. The total here, I like the over in this game. If Tyrod Taylor starts, I think there'll be some points. And I would lean the Giants. If I can get a full touchdown with the Giants, I'll be on them. Rams have been great. You heard it from here, this show, early in the season. I was on the Rams, win total over. They were a team that I thought would surprise. I knew they would be better than people were giving them credit for. 
uh, and they're playing good football right now, and I don't think anybody would want to play them in the NFC playoffs. Last 1 o'clock game of the day on Sunday, it'll be New Orleans. The Saints at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Buccaneers minus 3, total 42. This is a huge showdown for the NFC South as the uh, Buccaneers try to, uh, you know, if they win this, I think they'll almost certainly win the division. Um, I think it's a tough spot, though, so I think this will be a very close game. I want to lean to the under here, but I really don't have a play on it. Uh, under 42, maybe, because of what's on the line. But Tampa's defense has been a little leaky. New Orleans, good defense at home, not so much on the road. So lean to the under there, but nothing strong. Going out west, the 4 o'clock games, it'll be the Steelers and the Seahawks. Love the Steelers last week. Don't like them here. I think the Seahawks will uh, bounce back strong here and cover this 3.5, uh, total 41. I think the Steelers will have a really difficult time here. Mason Rudolph, two weeks in a row, I don't think he can do it. I lean to the under, just a touch here. I think the Steelers' offense will have trouble uh, doing what they did last week. I, I expect them to barely score 17 in this game, and I think Seattle wins the game pretty easily. So that is one that uh, might be my best bet. It's between that one and Dallas. So if I'm not giving one out as the best bet, I like the other one quite a bit. So Seahawks and Dallas are my two favorite bets of the week. Cincinnati and Kansas City. Cincinnati coming off a humiliating defeat to the Steelers. Kansas City coming off an even more humiliating Christmas Day defeat to the Raiders. It'll be the Chiefs minus 7.5, total 45, like the under in this game. I think the Chiefs defense will really slow down Browning and the uh, Bengal offense. I would lean Chiefs on the money line here, but, I mean, I'm not going to bet that. It's minus 370, 7.5. I can't bet the Chiefs currently covering these big numbers. They're just not. Um, the power ratings, guys, for the odds makers, have not done a very good job of adjusting this. The Chiefs are a serious liability currently on offense, and I know you're playing off back games and back data, but right now their current form, I don't see them even breaking out to where they're going to be scoring like 30s, high 30s in games. I just don't. They, they have too many broken parts right now, and they're not improving at all. So that's that's a real concern. Other than, than Rasheed Rice, they have not had anybody improve in the pass-catching department. Travis Kelsey looks like he's about finished. Like, I... Never would have imagined that. That's what women can do, suck the life right out of you. But, uh, yeah, it's not looking good for them. I uh, never count my homes out, but I can't lay 7.5, so I'll be going under. And uh, if you wanted to mix that up, match it up with a uh, chief money line, put that in a parlay, get a little better price on it, get some plus money, I think that might be the way to go there. Chargers and Broncos, 425 kick. It'll be Denver minus 5.5, total 38.5. It's down to 3.5 now, as I believe Denver's benching Russell Wilson is weird to me it's basically like no we don't even care about winning uh Jarrett Stidham's gonna start I'm not certain uh, the, the big genius Sean Payton I'm really not sure what he's doing right there I get it Russell Wilson's frustrating to coach he's frustrating to watch um but come on and Sean Payton's a guy that likes to blame everybody but himself and he always has been like that so I don't know that this this makes a big difference at all I think Denver's season's over I think they've they got hot there for a little while and proved a touch, but they're, they've been frauds all season, and it's showing. Uh, Chargers, nothing to play for at all for them. Uh, except some pride. Uh, they, they gutted their uh, administration. Their coach is gone. Um, they're down to backup quarterbacks. A lot of backup guys will be in this game, but I think the Chargers will have a motivation here. I like the Chargers when they're getting the five and a half. Probably still like them even at the three and a half. I, I didn't think Denver should be favored by that many points to begin with. Uh, so I'll be leaning Chargers, but don't love it. And then the night game, final uh, Sunday night game of the season, Green Bay and Minnesota. Minnesota minus two, total 45 and a half. Uh, I don't know where to begin here. Both of these teams have a lot of problems. Uh, the Vikings just turned the ball over in just outrageous amount of times. The Packers are just so poorly coached. 
every time you think that they're good, they suck. Um, man, I guess under is the only thing I can lean on here. I think this is an important game for both these teams. Both of them still clinging to playoff hopes. I don't know how, but they're going to need a lot of help. Um, so I think this is a low-scoring game. Um, but turnovers can make that go right out the window if you get a defensive score. Uh, Jair Alexander, the best corner for Green Bay, has just been suspended for a game. So that could play a role as well. I mean, Green Bay, I think Jordan Love may, may be able to match up okay against Minnesota's defense because I think they play a lot of man coverage. It seemed like he's done better against that, and it's indoors. Uh, he didn't, He's weirdly enough for a guy that plays at Lambeau Field. He struggled in a couple of them outdoor games. Was, I don't know if his weather conditions, windy or whatever, but um, I, wanna, I hate to say it, I slightly lean the Packers because I don't like them, and I don't think they're good at all. But Nick Mullins turns it over so many times for Minnesota. Um, but I'm going to be going with the under 45 and a half. I think that's the safest bet on the card. And uh, that concludes week 17 of the NFL as we get down to uh, the playoff push here. It's it's coming down to the wire. We have uh, we have the playoff standings as of now, which is pretty interesting if you if you look at it. Now you don't know how this is always going to turn out, but um, it, it's. Uh, right now, the playoff picture of the AFC, the Baltimore will be Baltimore Ravens would be number one seed. Your two verse uh, seven game would be the Colts at the Dolphins. The three six would be Chiefs Bills. Uh, four five Jacksonville Cleveland. So in those games, I would lean uh, Miami will probably would definitely win that game against the Colts at home. Kansas City Buffalo. I mean, right now you got almost pick Buffalo in that game. Uh, they've proven they can go there and win. And they probably can, and I really like the Browns. So I would have two road teams in the first week of the AFC playoffs. I think the Browns should be favored in the game against Jacksonville, regardless of health or anything. Uh, the Browns are just a better overall team than the Jags are at this point. Uh, and the NFC 49ers still holding on to that number one seed. I believe they'll still get that. The 2-7 game, it'll be Philly hosting Seattle. Detroit, the three seed, hosting the Rams at six seed. And then the 4-5 game, Tampa and Dallas. Um, Philly will probably beat Seattle, but I think that game will be pretty tight, and the number will matter a lot in that game. And uh, I tell you what, I wouldn't doubt it. Stafford goes back home and beats the the Lions. Uh, I think the Rams are definitely lively there. If they're catching more than a field goal there, that'll be an absolute play for me if these end up being the matchups. And then Tampa-Dallas. Dallas should be able to still win that game despite their deficiencies. Prescott on the road, McCarthy just being a buffoon. Um, but I think it'll be a little closer than people think. Be very curious to see what that number will be. Dallas might be laying around a touchdown in that game, so that would definitely give you a little incentive for Tampa to battle. But Mayfield against a pass rush like Dallas has could be troublesome. So we'll monitor. We'll see what happens if those end up being the uh, matchups. They should be pretty intriguing. You're going to have some live road teams, that's for sure, one way or another. Uh, a couple things, NHL data. Let's go through them here really quickly. Uh, yes, goal in the first 10 minutes. Minnesota 23 and 8. Chicago 23 and 8. The Blues 23-9, Ottawa 20-8. Last 10, St. Louis 8-1, Chicago 8-2, Tampa, actually St. Louis is 9-1, Chicago 8-2, Tampa 7-3, Dallas again 10-0. So they kept 10-0 running from last week. Goal in the first 10, no. Here we go. Boston 19-11, Winnipeg 19-12. Boston on a 9-1, no goal in the first 10 minutes run as well. First period overs and unders. Chicago 22-9 to the over. Edmonton 21-9 to the over. Ottawa 19-9 to the over. Last 10 first periods over 1.5. Dallas 10-0, if you can believe that. And you got a few 7-3 teams here. The Blackhawks, the Senators, the Blues, the Canucks, the Avalanche, all 7-3 in their last 10 
first periods over the unders last 10 boston and washington each eight and two huge nhl card tonight uh which won't do anybody any good. Uh, Christmas Day games in basketball, not, not too bad. Sam was 4-1 on his props, so definitely uh, kudos to him. He made us a profitable Christmas for a lot of people. Uh, college basketball, getting in full swing again this weekend. We'll get some conference play started back up. There hasn't been any games here over the break. They get back going here tonight with a couple of uh, you know small mid-major games. But we'll be focusing a lot more in on college basketball in the coming weeks as we get into conference play, start to go through some teams that we think are lively. If you missed any of that stuff, we talked about it plenty of times on BLS, gave you some opinions on teams that I really liked early in the season that I thought could be dangerous down the stretch. Go back, check them out at the Pine Room Studios on YouTube and all the podcasting platforms. BLS underscore PRP is our Twitter or X. You can find out all the picks that we have, all of our late-minute adjustments, all of our early before the show release type games we'll have them all on there uh, at the pine room studios and bls underscore prp all right we're going to take a quick break and we'll be back with the man from upper st Clair's. he's coming off a four and one nba prop performance and he was up nearly eight units last week so hopefully you got on board with sam's plays and had as good a week as most of us in the pine room did so we're going to take a quick break and uh, we'll be back, but I want to remind everybody, the show is sponsored by our friends at IC Cab, serving the Ohio Valley for all your transportation needs. 304-232-1313, the number to call, IC Cab app. Download it now. You're going to want that on New Year's Eve, that's for sure. You don't want to be messing around out on the road, not just because of your own self, but because of all the other idiots that will be out there. So let IC Cab get you to and from as safe as possible. IC Cab always working. We had Phil on our Christmas special show on Friday. He spent a half an hour with us talking about all things ICD Cab related, and we really appreciate everything that he's done for us. Uh, it was, uh, it's been a great partnership, and we really enjoy it. So, uh, I've used ICD Cab many times, and will continue to use them. They are as good as it gets. So, give them a call today, or download that app three zero four two three two thirteen thirteen, or download the app. Can't go wrong with it. All right, we're gonna take a break. Better's last stand. Be back with Sam after this. It's Better's last stand. Show sixty seven for the Pine Room Studios. On Christmas in between New Year's week here. We'll be right back. Reminder, this show is for informational and entertainment purposes only. All wagering activities should only be conducted by those 21 years of age or older and within the confines of federal, state, and local law. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, contact 1-800-GAMBLER. That's 1-800-426-2537. All right, men, load the cannons and hold the line. You're listening to Better's Last Stand. All right, welcome back in. Better's Last Stand show number 67 as we head into the meat of the bowl game season right here. We're coming off a strong uh, Christmas weekend and... uh, the man who's responsible for that, a 4-1 and one performance on Christmas Day with those NBA player props. Uh, great stuff, Sam. Welcome back to the show, as always. Hope you had a great Christmas. I'm sure you had a pretty good one with a uh, nice performance in those NBA props. Yeah, it was good. Christmas Christmas Day treated me well, 4-1. and one. I, You know, it can't all be perfect, Matt. Right. You know. You know how it goes. Dame, Damian too Lillard. short. Too short. That's all right. Not a bad Christmas Day for him, but yeah. I mean, holidays have been well. They've been good for you. Yes, yes, not not bad at all. Uh, been busy and working a lot. Yeah. I know you are too. So it's tough yeah. to 
find time to get done what you want to get done. But, yep, I guess getting it, getting these sporting events on throughout the day and uh, having something on Christmas Day was uh, was nice. It was uh, it was a pretty strong day, I guess. I guess unless you're a, a Kansas City Chief better, uh, then that was not pretty. Uh, thoughts about uh, Christmas Day NFL? Christmas Day NFL, I thought it was great. It was honestly almost like a sports overload. It was just sports basketball was everywhere football was everywhere so i don't have any complaints i just couldn't figure out what i wanted to tune into but the one thing i took away from the christmas day football was the chiefs need help they need help these two guys can't get it done they're not brady and gronk uh they need some serious help they need one more guy i don't know how you'd even get them it's a little too late but that's 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 what i took away from the main football on Christmas Sunday. Yeah, it, no question. Uh, they, they look disorganized. They, uh, they, yeah, they're missing a lot. I, don't, I don't know. I, I, Kelsey just looks. He looks off. Um, he looks frustrated. He's, you know, I mean, he's gonna take a lot of criticism as you know with the Taylor Swift stuff. This all people want to talk about. Uh, he's not looked himself. The the wide receivers. I mean, they're still lining up offsides. I mean, they haven't learned or improved at all. Uh, the Rice kid has been. Their only guy that's improved at all this season, guys like Sky Moore. I mean, he, that, I mean, they're, they're not even existed. Uh, it's it's just terrible. I, I I know that they thought that they could just plug guys in, but whoever's developing their wide receivers has obviously not done a very good job, or or they just missed on these draft picks because they they have not gotten any better, even in the slightest, in two years. Yeah, and you know, they I've heard it a couple times that they say Eric Bieniemy, Eric Bieniemy, he's gone. He's the only one that held him accountable all the time. And, you know, you hear that in the beginning. It's like, all right, whatever. That's just that's too easy of a reason for them to be this bad. But you know what? Maybe that's all it is, man. Maybe it is. Maybe, maybe that is. Maybe that was that big of a deal. Um, But you know what? The enemy's probably going to be without a job here soon anyway because the yeah. skins, I'm sure, yeah. are going to clean house. If I'm Andy Reid, maybe it is. If it's that simple, I'm going to take a shot. I'm getting rid of Matt Nagy. I'm bringing him right back. Not even no questions asked because uh, something's missing uh, on the team. And, I mean, you, you hate to ever even bet against Mahomes, like as far as when 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 it matters. But like these numbers are huge. Like they're laying seven and a half again this week. They're laying ten and a half. Like I didn't think that they would cover ten and a half, even if they played a good game. And then you know those back to back defensive scores and the Raiders' offense did absolutely nothing, and they didn't have to. Yeah, they they were terrible. I mean, Mahomes with the fourteen picks, it's it's just that weird. Yeah, they got a weird vibe around them. It, it, Matt, it reminds me honestly of like a little bit of a Chase Elliott NASCAR season. Right. Right, could never just get out of their own way the whole season. Never, yep. whole season. Yeah, they'll be back to the drawing board, but uh, I definitely wouldn't expect them to be down for long uh, with him uh, under center, or, well, I guess rarely under center, in the shotgun, rarely. however you want to look, yeah. look at it. You can't even use that uh, reference to quarterbacks anymore because most of the time they're never under center. Never. Uh, I thought the Eagles were a little bit better, but I think Tyrod Taylor, if he starts that game, um, you know, your boy DeVito probably gets set down then I think that maybe the Giants would have had a shot of winning. Yeah, they would have. Tyrod looked pretty good. He missed a couple throws. I think he just wasn't warmed up enough. Like, that one throw to Waller, he was too yeah, short. a little rusty because that was going to be a touchdown. But it's like every time I see Tyrod get in on a different team, I I, I just I start like a mental clock of, like, when's he getting injured? Right, That's all right. he does is he gets his opportunity and he gets injured or his lung gets punctured or yeah, whatever his probably, issue is. I would say this week there's a good shot he gets hurt against the Rams. Uh, right, so DeVito's yeah. back, kissing cheeks. Yeah, so, uh, but the Eagles, they don't, like, again, talking about the, the Chiefs not looking right, the Eagles don't look right either. I, I'm not saying they're bad, but 
if they're not going to outscore teams, uh, they're they're in trouble because their defense cannot get the stops that they once were able to get. Right, their offense. Yeah, it's not the question. I guess Jalen Hurts is probably a little hurt in the beginning of the season, but they're you're right. Their defense is is huge, and it's not playing well. They automatically give up points, almost always now. Yeah, they didn't the last couple of years. Everybody was getting sacks. So, yeah, if if it's Dallas's year, it's Dallas's year. This is the year. <laughs> well, you know, and Dallas has their own issues because they yes, still can't they do. win road games. So, you nope. get the last two weeks, uh, obviously Christmas, uh, e- Christmas Eve, I think that was uh, against the uh, against the Dolphins. Just you know, not not a. Not an awful performance. I mean, Prescott actually led a good drive and, and got them, you know, to take the lead. But, you know, again, they couldn't get the stop that they needed to when they needed to. And it's just it's so typical. It's like if the, if all the playoff games could be played in Dallas, I'd say that they're live. But the fact they got to go on the road, uh, I'm not a believer in them yet. And uh, on the other Christmas night game, uh, 49ers, yeah, they didn't play very well. Purdy turned it over too many times. But the Ravens played very good in that game. And I, but I wouldn't rate the 49ers off. I still, to me, think they're probably the best team in the NFC. What about you? Yeah, they're the best. I mean, if the Ravens do not have Lamar Jackson, they cannot go anywhere. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's point blank, period. The 49ers can lose party. They could put in Darnold, and they realistically should be fine. And Darnold played okay when he got in there. Uh, he turned right. it over late, but uh, it's, you know, he wasn't, he wasn't awful. And you could see that maybe – Maybe, and again, I'm not saying Purdy is out of the MVP conversation just because of one bad game. Two of those interceptions were not very good. The other two kind of were just bad luck, great plays by the Ravens guys. But uh, I'm not certain that Debo Samuel might not be the most important player on that team. The games that he was out this year, they actually lost them all. Uh, McCaffrey, obviously, you could make the argument is the most valuable player on any team he's on. But maybe Debo and McCaffrey have a little bit more... uh, to do with uh, maybe the MVP vote before it ends. Who do you think uh, ends up coming out on top? Of the MVP, MVP vote? MVP, yeah. Well, I have it up right here. I mean, well, ja- Jackson's the favorite, obviously. Yeah, that's not right. It, I mean, it isn't right. You know what's crazy is I also look at a team like the Dolphins. Like, if the Dolphins lost Tua, oh, yeah. what would happen to them? But the MVP is not, like, they say his value. Well, right. is, is, is his value equivalent to this like statistical if you put up the best stats but you can be taken away right you know you know you know what i mean it's like they're two yes. different things yeah no i know there's no doubt about it and if you just go through games and you just look at like okay this team lost when this player wasn't there does that mean more to you or whatever if you think there's players that are easily replaced i mean it's all i, I guess it's really subjective but when you look at it depending on your angle but i mean you can make the case tyree kills the mvp um the dolphins don't seem to click without him uh, but you know what will happen? If the Dolphins were to somehow beat the Ravens this week, then Tua will probably be one of the favorites for the MVP. And uh, I'm not certain he is, but I don't know. I can't argue it. And I don't think – I thought Lamar Jackson just managed the game okay on Sunday I, I didn't or Monday night. I didn't think he was, like, outstanding. Obviously, they need him to be able to win the games, but their defense kind of set the table for all, most of the points they scored. Yeah, their defense stopped the 49ers' offense. That's the story that's – not really being talked about, but I also look at like these MVP odds, like Josh Allen's a a plus 1200. If Josh Allen leads the bills to the playoffs, he could be the MVP because they were terrible. You know, it's the bills maybe are the worst team. If they would lose him like there, they would have the biggest drop off next to the chiefs with Mahomes, And they might win two games without him. Uh, But the, the bills to me of the teams who are starting to get into contention now, Josh Allen, I know people were saying, oh, he he didn't do shit last week or whatever. Like, I'm like, well, if you just 
go down to the actual words, most valuable player, and you take him off of their team, how many games do you think that the Bills could possibly win? Uh, That's what I mean. Many. It's 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 a small number. Yes. Small and it doesn't number. matter. He does so many other things. Even if he's not passing, he can still run the ball. He's still he's like a, he's like having a, like a not a Christian McCaffrey level running back, but the next best thing in your backfield already. So I don't know. And I feel like he'll do anything he can do to be sure the team wins. I don't think he cares about stats, which no, is nice so. to see. But I don't know. This thing changes so much. It's amazing. Purdy was a minus money favorite last week, and then he just falls after yeah. one performance. But plus, yeah, he's what plus twelve hundred right yeah, here. That, so that's silly. But anyway, uh, we don't need to waste any more time talking about it because they'll they'll mess it up. They'll get it wrong. Who whoever votes on it will get it wrong as always, probably. So, um, all right. So let's go into this week's NFL a little bit. Uh, anything standing out on your radar? Any any player props you like? Any time touchdowns? Let's see. Yeah, yeah. I got I got actually one. I can't even believe I'm going to this well. I'm going to the Cleveland Browns well, and I'll tell you why. We got yeah. two two little games within the games. We got two revenge games coming up. We got Joe Flacco over one and a half touchdowns as plus 175, the former Jet. Love it. And here's one. Here's one in a name that, you know, you rarely you rarely think of this guy throughout the season. Elijah Moore. <laughs> he's plus 370. It's a former. He He's not playing well. He barely plays. Right. But weird things happen in sports, you know. Teams do weird things. They play people more, you know, mm-hmm. when they play their former teams. He's a plus 370 anytime touchdown. I love that. If you got a couple bucks, just sprinkle it on that. Yes. All right. So that, now we're getting to this nitty-gritty here, the Buffalo Bills. All right. I believe they play New England. I don't, I'm yes, not certain. So there's Dalton Kincaid is a plus 230. Dawson Knox is a plus 420. And my guy, he's, he's, he's like my Alec Pierce. For the Bills, Gabe Davis Gabe is a plus Davis. 200. I think any of those guys can score. New England stinks. They're bad. They're really, really bad. I love all of those all of those because, like yep. you said, I think the Bills are a team that people aren't talking about, and they're going to come these last couple weeks with some serious heat. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I, and think, we had, I think the Bills, they're in a must-win game. They'll be fully focused for this one. Then we head to the Baltimore-Miami game. All Rashad right. Bateman is a plus 400. Love I think it. that I think that there's too many options for the Dolphins to worry about for the Ravens offense and right. Bateman will just kind of be left alone and he'll score. And then, man, the Giants stink. I love seeing DeVito benched. I love seeing that Sean Stilato <laughs> not kissing anybody on TV. Yeah. Tutu Atwell is a plus 333. And Higby's a plus 280 anytime touchdowns. we got people scoring this weekend, Matt. I like it. I like it a lot. And those are all teams that Ravens need the game, obviously, for the number one seed. The Rams, uh, you know, in a pretty good playoff spot here and uh, have been really, really playing well. And Buffalo's been playing really well. So, yeah, I agree. I think all these guys definitely live. Love the Flacco angles in the Moore angle in the Browns-Jets game on Thursday. Uh, Joe Flacco's you know, the hottest QB in the league. Yeah, and man. Flacco lucked out that the Jets didn't want him back. He's in a better spot now. Shocker. Team. <laughs> Idiots. No question about it. All right, let's go uh, – Back to Christmas Day NBA. Obviously, you were four and one. You did awesome. Uh, just wonderful time. Damian Lillard, though, was the guy that let you down. What were your yes, thoughts about the games overall? I thought they were good. I love the matchups. I don't get the. They played two days before the Knicks and Bucks did, yeah, which I, I think that's kind of stupid. It kind of takes away the lure, yeah, the, the allure of the Christmas the Day. Was, right. Yeah, that's weird. I didn't like that, but I thought the matchups were good. I thought they could have. You know, better teams together to play each other. Like yeah. you know, Butler and Embiid not playing wasn't great. Uh, right. 
I, I loved it. I got I got so lucky. I barely won these bets. Like yeah. Tatum had eight rebounds. Tobias Harris had seven rebounds. Right. You know, the Luka was double over double. By half. Uh, Tatum right. was under by half. Yeah. Right. The Luka double double was the only one that was seat, right. signed, sealed, and delivered. Right. Which, so. yeah, I mean, if he doesn't get hurt most of the time, and he's probably he's pushing the triple double. So I was shocked that that his, that his number was that good for a double yeah. double. Two eighty. Yeah. Yeah. So you take that whenever you can get it, and uh, yeah. So Damian Lillard, you're only one that. Uh, Kind of, kind of let you down. What? Did, how many assists short did he end up falling? I forget. He had thirty-two and eight. He needed two oh, more. Oh, he needed two more. Yeah. Yep. Damn him. But hey, great performance. Uh, I, I got told the folks on here earlier. I round robin parlayed all those, and uh, so it turned out to be a nice, nice day for me. I had a, had a some good winners there. So thank you for that. Um, I, I tell you, they probably missed out on not having the Clippers on. Uh, Christmas Ooh, because they're, they're hot well right now. They're hot, man. And you know what? We talked about it last week. They're really starting to find some, just some mojo and some groove together. And and man, if they could get hot and not get hurt, if any of those guys get hurt, that's yeah, the issue. Changes everything, right? And then yep. you got the Suns a mess. Uh, Memphis Terrible. showing some signs. We talked. Jaw was uh, making his first his debut last week when we talked, and uh, now he's. Uh, Playing pretty well. They had an overtime win last night. They're they're pretty hot right now. Memphis could be a, a dark horse at a huge price to, to maybe make it into the playoffs right now. Yeah, it's crazy what happens when you get one player back. Yeah. I mean, just one fucking player. I mean, in crunch time, they, were the, they had nobody without Jaw. Yeah. Nobody. Now that they have getting, them, it's... Uh, I think they're getting Marcus Smart back here soon, too. So Yeah, I mean, they're what? They're 10 and 19. There's plenty of... Plenty of games left. Oh, yeah. Tons of time. And then uh, uh, wrapping with the NBA, will, will the Pistons win again this year? <laughs> well, actually, Matt, before it turns 2024, they probably won't. They won't. They won't win. They were talking on ESPN. I, I caught it this morning. Will the Detroit Lions have more wins than the Pistons? And I thought, yeah, they will. Yeah. They yeah. really, really will. Right now, they're, I think their win total, they got it around nine and a half. I'm not sure I could bet Too that high. over. I'd give it to maybe seven. Yeah. That's pretty sad because – they're not a team that's really supposed to be in rebuilding form right now. Like they, they spent a ton of money on a coach. They've had two top five draft picks the last two years. They were, were good, and I so I don't know what they're if they're just their chemistry or their depth or whatever it is. But they got yeah. I think the the Lions are definitely going to have more wins than them, which is uh, sad to say. Crazy. Yeah. I mean, could you imagine seven wins? The Warriors that one year went seventy three yeah. and nine. Right. They're going to go nine. They could go. 10 and 72, Matt. Yeah, it's it's very, very possible. I know we were thinking that the A's were going to have like that kind of a season in baseball, but... Um, yeah, they got hot, though. They yeah, they, hot. they had a little run of where they were actually being able to win a few games, but uh, yeah, I'm not certain that the Pistons will be able to do that here. It's uh, it's going to be something to, to monitor and watch uh, as we move along, and uh, it was nice to see LeBron lose on Christmas Day. I enjoyed that quite a bit uh, after he made his couple of uh demonstrative fall down and flail on the ground and then his you know what it's funny you said that I, I text my buddy christmas day i said lebron is putting on a a plus performance oh, on yeah. christmas day he's incredible yeah what an actor <laughs> i know yeah. what an actor you're yeah. right well we'll see when they decide they want to play again um they i'm glad they enjoyed their mid-season tournament victory and put that banner up in the rafters <laughs> yeah that's <laughs> Which, nice what a storied franchise i'm glad they finally got some a real title the mid so embarrassing tournament. yeah it's quite so embarrassing. embarrassing all right bowl game wise junior tech and Tulane cranking up right now mountaineers play this afternoon what do you think about that game i can't neil brown's getting crushed with that mayo at the end wvu's I winning agree. i think they kill him I, I think they're winning i think north carolina has way too many people out I agree. uh totally there's like i don't get bowl season at all 
I don't get Liberty playing Oregon. I don't get a six and six Virginia Tech playing eleven and two Tulane. None of it makes sense. No, to me. no, it really doesn't. And the stuff's uh, you know, unless you're wagering on it, it is almost impossible to watch. These games are just bad. Uh, getting Brutal. a little bit better though on the weekend. Uh, thoughts on the uh, the two playoff games on uh, Monday: the uh, Alabama, Michigan, and Texas, Washington. It's tough. I I want I want Alabama to win. Yeah. Me too. I'm I, and Alabama I think they can. I really think they can. I think Nick Saban is just leaps and bounds ahead of these coaches that are left. I really do. Yeah. You give him several weeks to prepare. I, I agree. I think I, – I, I think, uh, and I don't think Harbaugh is a bad coach by any means. I just think Michigan really lacks weapons on offense and just explosive plays uh, on offense. So I think that will hurt them. And then I think Washington's coach is really, really good too. And uh, he's got them just – you know, playing you know very well. I know Texas has great offense, but I don't know. I, I'm I'm hopeful for Alabama and Washington in, in the final. That's that's that would be the be- most beneficial for me. Yeah, I agree too. I don't I don't want to see Texas Texas in there. Yeah, because yeah. it's not the same to me. It's not Vince Young against Matt right. Leinart. It's not no, all no, this on the line. Games ever. Yeah, ever. I agree. I think Texas is on their way back. I just don't think they're quite there yet. So um, hopeful that Washington can get it done. Uh, any other games this weekend? How about Penn State, James Franklin? I think he'll have a shot of beating Ole Miss. He does pretty good in these bowl games, even though he can't win any big regular season game ever. He's on the he's on my coach list with PJ Fleck. He can <laughs> Fleck, Fleck got, got lucky yesterday. I know he did. PJ. He did. They beat the Bowling Green. Ah <laughs> oh, man, he's just I oh, God. I hate James Franklin, Matt. I really uh, do. Yeah, he's not a very likable dude. How about uh? How about Notre Dame and Oregon State? Any opinion on that game? I think, I mean, Oregon State had like a low, pretty like low-key, not bad season. Yeah, but their coach left, their quarterback's transparent, yeah. so that's that worries me. But Notre Dame's quarterback ain't playing either, so I, it's hard to say. These games with all it these is. opt-outs, it's impossible to guess. They should have a bowl game with all the transfer portal players. <laughs> yeah, they should be fucking showcasing sweet. For, their, for their new spots. You're right, that's yeah, they should. a good idea. I'm sure that would get a lot of attention. It would. It really would. We might have just struck gold, Matt. How about uh, the last one I'll ask you about, uh, Missouri and Ohio State in the Cotton Bowl. Any any thoughts on that one? You know, that one's weird to me because I didn't understand, like, the players are, you know, out getting ready for the draft or whatever. But, like, I'm looking at a plus three for Missouri. Yeah. That's – that to me, that's weird. Yeah, well, because I don't think Missouri's it, that good, are they? I know they had a better year. But they they had a really good year, they, and I think the thing that is is you're thinking Ohio State. Obviously, they're starting another quarterback that they haven't used. Uh, who knows if the receivers are playing? Some say they will, some say they won't. Uh, but Missouri, they say this is the biggest game in their program's history. The game opened six and a half Ohio State, then went down to one, then went back to three. So it's hard. It it basically comes down to who you think is going to play in the game because if Ohio State has you know, Harrison or any of those guys, because he hasn't actually said he's not playing, I don't think. So I, I I, know that we anticipated he wouldn't play, but I don't know. And then Missouri, again, the motivation, biggest game in program history. Will Ohio State even care? Um, right. Isn't that embarrassing? Yeah, it is. It just shows you, like, why even go into these games if you if your team isn't going to play? Uh, but I don't know. Uh, anything else? Uh, bowl, NBA, uh, NHL? Ooh. You're gonna love this. You're gonna love this here. Some NA. I got two NHL futures. Woo! Let's go. So here we're going with the MVP vote. Oh yeah. To me, it's just like if we don't. If it's the same argument we just had with football, Matt. If this player is not on this team, they are garbage. Sidney Crosby. Oh, there's no doubt He's about it. Plus nine thousand one hundred and ninety to win the MVP. 
there's a lot of hockey left. And a lot of the other players above him, they have way more options on their team for if these guys go out, their value isn't as, as great as that number seems. Like, Crosby's gone. The Penguins are garbage. They're absolute garbage. And I think that number is – it's a shameful number. No, I agree with you. I, I've, I've heard some people make a case for that, and I, and I just don't understand why he doesn't get more love right now. And he's still playing at a really high level. Uh, and as you said, if they don't have him, they're 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 really really up against it. And his two way game is still exceptional, even for his age. So yeah, I, I agree. I, I think people ought to start watching the games a little bit more when they when they watch the Penguins every night like we do. They'll realize like this dude is incredibly important. Uh, obviously, he's been since he got there, but like he, now even more because they just don't have the depth they once had. Uh, even though they tried to rebuild it. Uh, power play wise, he's brought him alive a little bit. I mean, he's he's doing everything that you can ask of him. So yeah, I agree. I think it's a great price. Would love to see him get some uh, momentum and traction on that. Yeah, and then this next one, I I was getting a little crazy because it's not that the Pens aren't winning the cup. I don't think the Bruins win the cup. I don't think the Leafs win the cup. Right. Who do I think wins the cup? The L.A. Kings. Love it, love it. I, I've given them out as a team I really like on here a couple of times. Love that pick. I think they're yep. dangerous. They again. You look at what they have in the center ice position. They have the Sidney Crosby of the Western Conference, maybe not quite as good, but Andre Kopitar is one of the best two-way centers in the world still, and he knows how to win, and I, I love the Kings. I think they have uh, a really, really good shot of making a, a run in the West. I agree. That is my that's my pick to win the Cup right now, the L.A. Kings plus 1,300. Great number. Love it. Love both of those. Very, very, very good picks. So, All right, Sammy, well, thank you as always. Um, Best of luck to you this weekend. Uh, let me know if any other picks uh, should arise, anything else you like. We post them on the Twitter page as we did with the NBA picks. Uh, have yourself a wonderful new year. Have a good weekend, and we will see you uh, back here next week, buddy. Yes, sir, Matt. It was great talking to you. Have a great new year to you as well. Listeners, you guys have a great new year, and uh, go box. All right. Can't wait to rate till racing comes, buddy. Yes, We're getting sir. Closer. One yes, week sir. closer. All right. Have a good week, Sam. Talk to you next Later. week. All right, that'll do it for us here. Better's Last Stand, episode number 67 from the Pine Room Studios here in downtown Wheeling. Again, thanks to Sam for joining us. 4-1 and one in NBA last week. Hopefully you can stay hot. Love those picks on Sidney Crosby and the Kings. That'll do it for us here on BLS from the studio here. It's Matt saying so long. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Enjoy uh, enjoy your time with your family and friends. Uh, Wheeling Nailers in action this weekend if you want to get out to a game Saturday and Sunday. I highly anticipated games against... Uh, Hampton Roads, I believe. Uh, or no, I'm sorry, not, not Hampton Roads. Same area, Norfolk Admirals. Norfolk Admirals uh, threw me a, a curveball in my brain there for a second. Norfolk Admirals will be in town for two on New Year's Eve and actually the 30th as well. So the 30th and 31st, you got a 7 o'clock, 7.10 puck drop on Saturday, 6.10 on New Year's Eve. That is Sunday night, so it'll get you in and out before your uh, parties or whatever begins. Uh, I'm sure you can uh, make a nice night of it. Go to the game at 6. Go over to River City for a night, nice uh, New Year's Eve party and then get that IC cab waiting on you right outside. Uh, they'll bring you right up to West Bank Arena and pick you right up at River City. So highly recommend that. Should be a really nice weekend. So get out and support the Nailers. They're having a really good season right now. They're in a really good division and these are two games that they should have a good chance of winning. Although uh, Norfolk is improved quite a bit from last year. So anyway, that'll do it for us here in the Pine Room Studio. We'll see you out at the Nailers game this weekend if you're out and about. If not, have a safe and happy new year. Best of luck in your bets and be sure and follow us 
all over social media, BLS underscore PRP and at the Pine Room Studios across the multiple platforms, YouTube, Spotify, Amazon, uh, all the places where you listen to your podcasts. Uh, That'll do it for us. We will be back here next week talking about the college football playoff championship game, among many other things. It's Better's Last Stand saying so long this week and Happy New Year. We'll see you next week.